Combo Breaker, a one-two punch of enthusiasm. Twice a month, I present a tiny interruption to share something that I'm digging on. I'm your host, Cole, and you can check out OKRetro.Zone to stay on top of new podcasts, videos, and more. So, here we go. As you may have noticed in the intro, the podcast is every other week to still bring you some enthusiasm and some positivity. And this week, I want to talk about a subject that I've been wanting to share, but just haven't found the right way until now. And that still may be up for debate. Uh, I want to talk about Shaolin Kung Fu, which is going to be wild because like, how do I talk about all the intricacies and cultural impact in such a short podcast? So I'm going to not try to do a large history of Kung Fu or anything and just kind of share my experience a little bit. So I guess I should start with why now? Welp, as 2020 has been with a global pandemic, you know all that. I just don't feel great economically or socially going to train in a school amongst my peers. The whole, you know, being in a space with people sweating and breathing hard, masks or not, just doesn't vibe with me. So I haven't been training. And with the weather getting cooler and my schedule slowly changing to accommodate, you know, uh, more free time, I'm starting to train again myself in, in a park. So do I miss the camaraderie and critique? Sure. But right now, I just, you know, gotta move for me. To make a long story short, I started martial arts when I was five-ish because I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. I started with Subak Do, which is a Korean martial arts that has like some similarities to Shotokan Karate with how the stances are and the use of the hip in particular. And like Taekwondo has quite a variety of kicks. So yeah. Uh, anyways, when I was like 12 or 13, I pivoted to another school because I went to a local festival where I was growing up and there was a performance of, quote, Shaolin monks. The likelihood of this random festival having Shaolin monks is pretty slim, but definitely some prolific martial artists nonetheless. And regardless, I was hooked. It wasn't until I was older that I realized the school that I was that I had pivoted to was one horribly named and was a blend of southern styles with wushu forms along with a few Shaolin forms, which is cool because it's kind of an, a very basic sampling of Chinese martial arts, but definitely not what the name represented for the school. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I still just wanted pure Shaolin Kung Fu. Eventually, I found a school that was specifically focusing on Shaolin. I've trained with Shaolin masters. I've trained with Shaolin monks. I've trained at the Shaolin temple. Though I wish my time there was longer, I I think what speaks to me about Shaolin compared to other martial arts is there's so many paths for training. Like, I have uh, a few injuries that don't allow me to move or have the flexibility to necessarily do all the things, like the particular way they're intended but perhaps it's the style or the teachers that I've had but Shaolin has like the widest versatility in my experience and I also use Shaolin as a kind of umbrella term here because yes it definitely goes to kung fu uh, but you have like the lohan forms and animal styles and what I like to call you know your top tier traditional forms and weapons and there's also qigong that is practiced within like the shaolin disciplines and then there's rochen which is i'd say is more comparable to tai chi than kung fu but that's also not giving it the full 
description there, but Tai Chi is probably like the closest parallel. But I guess what I'm saying is within this umbrella term, there's so much adaptability and I can use this to train what's best for me. But a little bit of Shaolin history, I guess we could do like a little blip. Uh, So Shaolin Kung Fu comes from the Shaolin Temple, surprise, surprise, which is located in the Henan province in China. It blends martial arts with Chan Buddhism and like Chan, which is the same or I guess the precursor you could say to Zen. The temple is about 1500 years old, though over the years has lost texts and teachings due to raids and burnings and governmental fun times. So there are a lot of old structures on the property, but uh, there has been like renovations over time. And I, the, I believe the most recent like temple, uh, I don't want to say re- Temple reconstruction was, I believe, in the late 80s, early 90s. But a lot of the teachings are attributed to Bodhidharma or Dhammo. A particular text or exercise called Ijin Jing is attributed to him. The summarized legend here, and I'm going to definitely summarize, is that he arrived at the temple and he, the abbot would not allow him in. So then he retreated into the, the mountains behind the temple, found a cave, meditated there for years, returned to the temple, and realized how worn out the monks were for translating scripts into Chinese and he was just like yo you guys got to get your act together taught them Yijin Jing which is kind of this people compare it to yoga but it's this qigong practice so breathing and stretching um, and it eventually the the lore is that it eventually morphed into a more martial practice out of necessity to protect the temple granted this is a hella brief summary of Damo and the temple but hopefully it's enough to pique your interest and it is no way 100% accurate. But I feel like every Shaolin book or documentary or something always talks about Damo and Yijin Jing, which is a great exercise. You can look it up on YouTube. I will put a link in the description of this. And this is just uh, my observations, but I love that as a martial arts born in a Buddhist temple, a very popular weapon is the staff. Technically not lethal, but has so much versatility. I had a teacher who would take the what competitions would say are kind of the four main weapons, staff, spear, straight sword, and broadsword, and compare the same the same movements between these weapons, as well as like open hand. And it was just like really cool to see how the body adapts with these weapons to, you know, to produce a low block or like, you know, a, a stabbing motion. Yeah, it was very cool. The, the the adaptability and versatility of the human body with weapons, I guess. <laughs> this is still a really hard podcast. If you're interested, there are some cool videos. Uh, I'll link in the description that I think will... I don't know. They're, they're ones that I saw when I was younger that I were just like... That really caught my attention and really pulled me into my practice because I a lot of these videos I saw while I was training at the Kung Fu school. And it just kind of kept me enamored more. And also, if you want, I will add some of the quintessential Shaolin forms just so you can see what I'm talking about. So I'll do like Da Hong Chuan or Shishin or Pao Chuan maybe. I don't know. I'll, I'll just add some stuff. But there's definitely some, I referred to them earlier as like the top tier. But there's there's some forms that are, I, I don't know, like doctrine. Like if, if you are a Shaolin practitioner, you have heard of these forms or you know them or some variation of it or one of the forms within that suite, if that makes sense. I think I initially gravitated to Shaolin when I was younger because it was so dynamic. It's soft and hard and flexible and firm and 
depending on the form and application and what has kept me there is like this discipline and philosophy oh and and, and there's a lot of weapons and that that's kind of that's kind of fun too so uh, as I start my training on my own I'm finding how much work I have to put in because I'm so out of my habits but hey you know we're adapting we're fixing it I've been doing martial arts for well over 20 years and Shaolin is where I've always come back to once the pandemic is semi-tackled and I can safely and confidently train with my peers again I'll be the first one in that door and it feels weird like to not be there and train with everyone I think part of that comes from the fact that I'm also a 36th generation Shaolin disciple, which is probably some subconscious added weight to my lack of presence, I think. My title is technically Shur Miao Hu. Shur is like the honorific. It's S-H-I. It's kind of as a acknowledgement of your dedication and training, I guess. So like definitely used when addressing monks and disciples. Miao, M-I-A-O, is my generational name as the 36th generation. So my master, who is the 35th, uh, his generational name is Hung, H-E-N-G. Uh, and it goes back you know, 34 other generations. So that's kind of cool. But uh, my given name is Hu, which is tiger, uh, because I have tigers tattooed on my forearms, which is kind of fun. And it's also a fun joke when someone is like, where's Hu? And I'm like, hoo-hoo, and it's, it's a dumb joke, but I really like it, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's, it, the fact that meow is in my name just audibly in an English-speaking uh, space where meow is the sound a cat makes, and my given name is a large cat, it, 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 that's not lost on me by any means, but, so yeah. I have quite the list of forms and meditations I have to work through to get back in shape and recommit to my memory. And, and I'm excited and probably already a little frustrated with my current state. And, you know, I'm excited to like get back into it. Maybe I'll share a little bit of my training journey as I get going. Because Shaolin Kung Fu is really cool. And, you know, I didn't even talk about its cultural impact in movies, particularly those from the 70s, where it's like Shaolin versus Lama or... Shaolin vs. Wudun and all of that because when you think of kung fu movies you probably think of Crouching Tiger and that's a lot of like Wudun kung fu and tai chi and then you have Shaolin which is illustrated in a lot of other shows and actually the Dai Rangers, Gosei Sentai Dai Rangers which is uh, the 17th season of Super Sentai uh, a lot of the rangers all use Chinese martial arts and there's some, I believe it's the blue ranger, if I'm remembering correctly, to specifically like Lohan fist, which is like a very Shaolin style, um, which is just a fun fact there for you. Kung Fu is dope. I, maybe this is part one, uh, but yeah, I hope I got you a little bit excited or interested in Shaolin Kung Fu and there's a whole lot of history and I've barely even glanced at the top of it here and I, you know I didn't even get into it but I do have a lot of like emotional and like mental baggage I guess around my training and my masters and events so while I don't know how informative this is I do have so much excitement and love for Shaolin we can talk about this on stream or if we want to talk about it in the discord I was at the temple in like 2017 and I know there's been so many changes in that area since I've been there and you know, while 
training takes place within the temple. There's also so many kung fu schools that train around the temple, like the uh, like if you've seen those videos of like thousands of students in black and red training and performing all together. That's a school called Tago, which is incredible. I've never visited there, but I have trained with uh, people who studied there, and they were incredible. I'll also post a clip of that. Uh, there's, this is just going to be a clip-heavy description, so I hope you scope them out and you check it out, because, like, yay kung fu! But anyways, as always, thank you so much for listening to Combo Breaker for a one-two punch of enthusiasm. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, and if you did, I hope you share it with a friend. And follow me on the social medias at OKRetroZone to see what I'm up to. And I hope you all have a fantastic week. Until next time. Combo Breaker!